right, you guys, welcome back to That's So Fringy podcast. We're so glad that you have made it back for another Sunday Fringe Day. That's right, we're talking with From the Shadows today. Uh, We're getting a little paranormal on you, if you like that sort of thing. I know Kristen does, as you'll hear. Um, we, We had a good time talking with Shane. I do apologize in advance for the audio quality. It is not um, up to my regular standards and it is giving me anxiety I'll be honest to release this footage or uh, audio I should say rather and uh, I I must just warn you it's not as good as I would like it to be but the content rather is very good I am we are so thankful that Shane was able to spend the time to talk with us. Uh, they've got a great podcast from the shadows. If you haven't uh, listened to that, uh, we encourage you to do so. And they're talking about all kinds of things like uh, Bigfoot, the dog man, moth man, you know, any of these things, ghosts, hauntings. Um, if these things interest you or uh, you want to dig into those things a little bit more, their podcast is, uh, is one to go to so uh, with that we had a great time talking with him and we hope that you enjoy it too please do your best to uh, put the audio quality out of your mind as I'm trying to do (laughs) Uh, we were out of town Um, we we had a spring break uh, little trip that we went on and so um, the Wi-Fi in the hotel wasn't working correctly so we had to do everything from our phones and uh, it just it was just a nightmare but we ended up capturing everything that we wanted to capture so if you can suffer through the audio quality uh, we hope that you will enjoy the content Um, so with that we're gonna jump into this episode and uh, but please, before we do, don't forget to like, subscribe, share. Um, sharing this content is what we want to do to help promote um, all, all of not only our um, our That's So Fringy podcast, but we want to encourage you to follow all of these other podcasts that we're promoting because these people have great content. There's a lot of truth out there, and we know that um, you can't just get it all from one place as much as we try to bring you uh, a full scope of of, uh, information. There are many others that have been doing this for much longer than we so um, check out their podcasts as well if you're looking for something else to consume. So, all right, I think that's it, guys. We, uh, we're glad you're listening. We're seeing the numbers go up. We're liking the communication back and forth. We're, we're getting your messages, and we're responding as fast as we can, so keep them coming. And, uh, yeah, we just are really, really enjoying this journey that we're on, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying it too. So, all right, you guys, let's get fringy. Hey, everybody. 
everybody. Welcome back to That's So Fringy Podcast. I'm Rick. And I'm Kristen. And we're here today with Shane from From the Shadows Podcast. And uh, we wanted to just get to know him a little bit more, get to know what they've got going on over there at From the Shadows. And, uh, you know, it's a great podcast. We've been listening to it, bud, and we're just really enjoying uh, the content that you guys are putting out and just... uh, Really jealous that you got into it and thought about it first. That's what I'm. That's what I'm really getting at. <laughs> well, well, well uh, Rick and Kristen, it's it's my pleasure for uh, to join you guys on uh, that. So fringy, which is yeah. kind of a cool name. Which, although if my stepdaughter heard it and knew that I was on, she might say it should be titled "That's So Cringy." You know, because I think I know, that's, that's what we started say. with. Yeah, but uh, but I, I might just have to say I think you guys are totally lying that you're listening to our content and then still ask me to be on because uh, <laughs> because I think you guys would know should know better. Nobody. No way. You're going to be our, our introduction to the paranormal stuff, which is really oh, what boy. I'm I'm mostly interested in the weird stuff like. Rick's got the Bible brain, and I have the like weird paranormal Bigfoot <laughs> dogman brain. Well, uh, you've come to the right place. You know, I I'm, not say, I'm not saying it's the best place, but it's the right place to exactly. uh, to discuss that. And uh, so, yeah, we've been um, we've been doing it for quite a. I don't know. It's we're going on two and a half, three years. Uh, time has just flown by, you know. So, uh, but there's never, and there never seems to be an end to, uh, to people we can talk to that have, uh, paranormal, cool paranormal experiences, you know? So, so, I mean, what is it that you got, what, what is it that you guys want me to talk about first? Cause I'll gladly, I mean, I can tell you how we got started or, um, yeah, let's know? hear that. Let's hear how you got started and, yeah. uh, what's your, uh, kind of, what was the thing that really was like, you know what? I got to talk about this to the whole world. <laughs> well, so, uh, my sometimes co-host, we call him the judge. Okay. Yeah. His name is Shane also. So we call him the judge, but that's also because he is a judge here where we live in Ohio, in, uh, North central Ohio. And, um, So our origin story kind of goes back to when we were in high school, um, and you guys look way young, so uh, I'm way older than you guys. So we're talking, talking, uh, you know, we were in high school in the 80s, okay? So, so, you know, no technology, no to speak of, unless a rotary dial phone is considered tech. Uh, I'm sorry, a cordless phone would have been considered technology back then. But, uh, but uh, back then when we were in high school, the judge, um, he had an experience that we, uh, a group of us guys, we all, we all played high school basketball together. We remember the next night he had, after he had this experience and it happened while he was out jogging training for, uh, um, his cross country season was coming up and he was going to run in a, uh, a local festivals like 5k. And he was out on a, out on a country road where we grew up, where we still live. Actually, we all still live around here and something was in the field pacing him for probably it was in a cornfield. And it was an it was an August night, and it was pacing him about three or four rows in, 
and um, it did it for almost a mile, the last mile before as he's running home. Okay, yeah. and the next night, you know, we were, all of us guys got together and we were playing like cards, po- playing poker, and he's telling us this story, and he's telling us like, what do you guys think this was? It was really crazy. It was really weird. I got, you know, I didn't. I, I, do you think it was a deer? Do you think it was, you know, he he did not tell us the whole story. We found out. Okay, at the time, he told us what what he felt he could tell us without us basically calling him crazy and you know what high school guys do to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. And so, and so you know, but we there was quite a, there's three or four of us that vividly remember this him talking about this the next night and not knowing what it was. So uh, fast forward to, I don't know, three or four years ago. And the judge has always been one of those guys. He's got, he grew up in a haunted house. Okay. The house was ridiculously haunted. We all knew it. Stuff yeah. happened. And, um, in, in stuff happened then, as he got older and we had kids, we all, we had kids at the same time. And, uh, he's told, he's told a story, uh, on air about, uh, an experience with a gut, with a, you know, paranormal, was like ghost. Okay. That was interacting with his child. Okay. Which is a crazy, it's a crazy story and he's better to tell that. But anyway, he calls me up. So my day job, he's a judge. I'm a mailman. Okay. So I'm out on the mail route and he calls me and he goes, I figured it out. Like, what do you, what do you mean you figured it out? It's kind of an open-ended question. Yeah. And he says, I know, because I know, because I know what I saw that night. I'm like, so I'm immediately, you know, we're, we've been friends for 40 some years. I'm like, you mean the night and the, on, on Temple road there on the corner? And he goes, yeah, he goes, it was a dog man. And I said, Whoa, wait a sec. Cause now, you know, in this present day, you know, we all kind of knew, we, you know what a dog man is. You've heard of it. Okay. At least you have some frame of reference as to, as to what it is. But he had never told us that he actually saw something. Okay. And he kind of finally copped to it to me. He's like, okay. He goes, I never told you guys, but he goes, when I, you know, took a right at the end of the road and sprinted to, you know, cause the story is he sprinted towards our buddy's house. He lived, he lit, he would have had to take a left to go to his house or right to go to our buddy's house. And he was figuring if he took a left, he was going to intersect whatever was coming out of the cornfield. That makes sense. And so, you know, and, and, and if you hear him tell the story, which you can, you know, it's a great, it's a, Really, he does a good job of telling it because he's had a lot of time to think about it and really, and uh, so he's kind of really broke it down to like what he was thinking and and of course, I mean he's a he's a very smart, articulate guy. He's a judge, okay. Yeah. Um, um, he so be. he, so, yeah. So he, you know, so he he said, you know, as he took off our buddy's house, he turned back because he was crossing. At that, you know, and it's still a pretty busy two-lane state route. So he turned back and he saw what he could only, his only frame of reference was the Egyptian god Anubis stepping out of the cornfield 
and like looking at him. Okay. And he just took off, went and dove in our buddy's pool, thinking this thing was going to come after him. He <laughs> dove in the pool. It kind of, you know, he tells the whole story. And then when he, you know, figured out the thing wasn't after him, he, the kicker of the story is he, he goes running in to our buddy's house. This is, is late. And our buddy's sitting there watching the Playboy channel and thinks it's his mom and dad coming home and like jumps. Yeah. He's like, what? Well, what's going on? So, <laughs> and so, and so when he first told me the story that, you know, he figured out what it was and he figured it out because he had been searching, you know, he was able to buy books and he, he had gotten a, um, um, a book um, on Dogman, The Beast of Bray Road by Linda Gottfried, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. And he was reading it, and that kind of like, oh, my God, this is what this is what I saw. And, um, and, of course, my first thing was because the next night where we were playing cards was literally only like a half mile, two miles down the road. I said, so, dude, you saw something that was – Look like the Egyptian god Anubis on Tula and let us play cards yeah. out in our buddy's garage. <laughs> like, really? And then you went to the swim? Like, what are you doing? Then, yeah, it's like, like you, like, so, um, it's so what happened was, is then he, he talked to me about it. And, and the, and the other thing is his brother is the other judge. He's municipal court, his other brother, his older brother's common pleas. And his, and so he asked me, and he asked, he told his brother, he's like, look, this is what I figured out. His brother goes, okay, but you're not going to say anything. And he goes, no, I got, I have to tell the story. His brother goes, you are nuts. You know, you, you are an elected official. You got to, you know, you got to get reelected every six years. You can't have people thinking you're crazy. And he's like, look, he goes, I now know what I saw. And he goes, it's been 30 years. And as an elected official, I think it lends some credibility to me going and telling the story. And if it helps anybody feel better about their experience, I'm willing to, to put that out there mm -hmm. and take the chance. And, um, he went on, I think he was with, he went on Channel Grove show. He went on another show and he kind of, he told the story. And so that just started a discussion between us. Like, like I hadn't at that point, I had never listened to a podcast. And, um, I'm like, so to our ignorance, we're like, man, we like talking about this stuff. It'd be really cool to talk to other people. Let's start a podcast. We didn't have a clue. What you know, we don't know anything about starting a podcast. And we got introduced to a guy named Jason who uh, who had done a podcast and and uh, through some movie work I had done, I, I got introduced to him. And he's like, "Yeah, I'd like to. I like the the paranormal stuff, and I'll come do it." And and so we kind of just did it and. Got some guests. Luckily, I, I don't, you know, at first we had some, some local people that had some ghost stories that we knew and were interested and they came on and, to, but at, at first we kind of, you know, we had talked, we, we talked to some of the famous people in the field, mm -hmm. you know, we had like Ken Gerhardt on Nick Redfern, you know, the, the guys we had Linda Gottfried on and which was, 
huge because we got to talk to her and and she then changed everything the judge thought about Dogman. Mm. Um, even which led us to more discoveries in our area there uh, that there were Indian burial mounds mm. on this on these two roads where we had gone to elementary school. You know, we, we had lived in this area their whole life. We didn't know there were Indian burial mounds there. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're just back in farmer field, farmer's fields. And uh, so it kind of really opened our eyes. Well, so as we kept going, then I, by hook or crook, I don't know, people started, <laughs> started like listening to us. And then, um, you know, the judge went on and told a story to Wes on Sasquatch Chronicles. And it just, you know, we kind of like really got big as far as listenership for, for what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. And it opened it up to people then coming forward mm-hmm. with their stories, which is, which is really what we love. We love to talk to people um, and, uh, and get the, and, and have them. It's a real special feeling when somebody hasn't, shared a story because they think somebody's going to make fun of them, which they do. People, sure. people even today make fun of them. And it's, and, um, and we had a lady who had a dog, like, cause the judge, he was kind of thing, you know, he's like, his whole thing was, is what he saw did not make sense to him. Okay. It wasn't like, you know, I might be thought, well, maybe that's a werewolf because it didn't look like what Hollywood's version of werewolf. Sure. Was. Yeah. Okay, and he, all he could think of was the Egyptian god Anubis, but it mm-hmm. did not make sense, you know. No, and we didn't know that at the same time in Wisconsin, just about Linda Gottfried was discovering, you know, those incidences that you know that were going on, mm-hmm. and because, it, like I said again, people that didn't live in the seventies and eighties don't understand how really isolated and in, 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 in stuff people were when it came to sharing that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, and you couldn't it, just pull up your phone and go to Google and type in, what does Dogman yeah. look like? You, know, you, you just didn't have access to that kind of stuff. So I imagine that would, that would have been a... But I think people seek out these podcasts because they, they have stuff. They've seen stuff. And now they're like, okay, I wasn't crazy. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe you were, I don't know. But. <laughs> see, I knew, see, I knew she couldn't relate to growing up in the eighties, right? She yeah. thinks this. <laughs> she's, she's too young. She doesn't know. That's not true. But there was never, so like the only show, and, and, and it's funny when we do talk to people from our, um, from our generation, you, they go back to in search of. Like that was the one yeah. show we could, yeah. we ever, yeah, we ever saw anything uh, paranormal and, you know, and we just used to um, consume everything. Like even when we were kids, we loved that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you would have told the second grade me who got every Bigfoot ghost book, Bermuda Triangle book, Oak, if you were going to tell me there was, an, I remember reading the f- first time about Oak Island. Mm. Yeah, and if yeah. you tell me that I could, I just watched the last episode of that that was just on last there. It's like if you would have told me that I could be watching a show about them trying to find this treasure at Oakland, I'm not like whatever, you know. And uh, it's 
but we just consumed that stuff because it was so fascinating. Oh, and yeah. you didn't think, yeah, you didn't think it was, um, like you only thought Bigfoot was Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. or the Yeti or the Yeti. And what we have come to find out is, is, um, I've become pretty good friends with Seth Breedlove and those guys from Small Town Monsters. Mm-hmm. And they did a really great uh, documentary on the on the um, Minerva Monster, okay? Mm-hmm. Which was a Bigfoot story from the late 70s, like an hour and a half from here in Ohio. Yeah. That we never, never knew about. Because if it wasn't in your newspaper or it wasn't on the news, and then they probably would, really wouldn't have taken it very seriously, you'd have no idea that there was a, a you know a big and and like you said, you can't you know I can pull up Google, I can see what the eastern part of Ohio looks like, where Salt Fork and and Clear Fork and all those how wooded it is, and you're like oh. Yeah, that kind of looks like the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, you know, like there could be there could be a Bigfoot running around there. Yeah, there's so, a lot of uh, opportunity for Bigfoot to hide in this nation, and I think when people are like, "Ah, Bigfoot doesn't exist," or "Dogman doesn't exist," it's like, have you been outside in some of these areas? I mean, they are so densely wooded that there's you can't even get in there. It's you you would you would have to be a very skilled the survivalist hiker to get into some of these places. Yeah. And then, and not only to get in there, but then to find something that doesn't want to be found. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, I, and we talk, and I, mm-hmm. I mean, so, some of the, some of the eyewitnesses that I have spoken to, um, uh, there was one guy, for instance, that, he got a hold. Of, I don't even know how to get. I mean, of course, you can figure out how to get a hold of me. But he got a hold of me, and and there is a. It's called Plum Plum Creek or something. I can't. I can't remember the name, but it's a NASA facility. Okay. That is between where I live here and and have you guys heard of Cedar Point? Yep. It's yes. a huge amusement park. Okay. So Plum Brook is the name of this place. And that's where they have this huge, it's where they, the astronauts went to experience weightlessness in the beginning. It was a big NASA testing facility that, of course, what was built was out in the middle of nowhere along this highway. And this guy lived as a kid near this facility. And he called me up and he's telling me the story from when he was a kid that he had only ever told one person. And it happened in the 70s. And he was out riding on his dirt bike and he was, you know, basically he described it as coming across a caveman. Okay. And he was telling me the story like it happened the night before. Wow. Like the fear and the terror in his voice and just the fact that he wanted to talk to somebody that would would listen to him and be and be empathetic to what he was going through. And he gets done, he's telling me a story and I'm thinking, Oh my God, this is gonna be a great episode. I go, So do you wanna do you wanna come on the show? And he's like, Oh no, I don't want to go on the show. I just wanted to talk to somebody about talk to yeah. somebody about it. And I'm like, oh. but then but then he but then he ended up coming on the show like a couple weeks later, cause we had a cancellation and I, you know, I'm like, Hey man, I got a cancel. And he's like, all right, I'll come on. Cause he goes, 
because what really had bothered him these all these years was is he wanted to know if somebody else had experienced the same thing. And that's what I, that's kind of what we get is, is people tell their stories because for, for a couple reasons is they want to get it off their chest and it makes them feel better or they're curious to see if somebody else in the same area has had a similar experience because Let's face it. He didn't go report that to the BFRO. You know, didn't even exist then. Okay, so that sighting he had, as far as anybody's concerned, didn't happen. It did. It's not. You know, now it's cataloged. But if somebody doesn't come across that particular episode in our on our podcast, then they still won't know about it. Yeah. You know, and so so we try. You know, and I. I mean, I have. There's a. There's some really good stories. I have been, I've talked to people and they're just still reluctant to come on. And it's like, you know, but, uh, you know, but it's, it's great that people want to, that they feel comfortable enough with you and they feel safe enough with you to tell you that, to tell you their story. Yeah. It's, it's really becoming more of a, you know, people are seeing stuff on TV. There's lots of podcasts that are talking about paranormal. You're hearing stories from lots of different people and i think it's letting other people as you were kind of alluding to have the ability to say you know what i'm not a weirdo i'm actually a pretty normal person and i'm having a normal experience that a lot of other people have actually had and if we could start believing these people then maybe we could actually make some headway in what everybody's seeing but you know, nobody wants to talk about it. And from what we learn, you know, from science with, um, you know, how people relate to trauma and stuff like that, you know, like you were saying, it was like he, it just happened the night before. It's because it's like imprinted in his mind. When you see something like that, it, it basically gets seared to your, to your brain and, and you can relive it because it is almost like a PTSD or a, uh, one of those things where you're remembering it all the time. And those people might even have, you know, long-term um, tr- trauma and things like that from just from that one incident when they were a kid. And, it, you know, cause I know a lot of guys with PTSD and they have this thing where it's like once a year on the anniversary of that thing, they have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff going on. And it makes me wonder if a lot of these people have that, you know, like around that same time, you know, kind of like a Halloween type time where people are uh, feel really kind of spooky around that time. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point because, um, it, you know, we've and this is just kind of something that we from talking to people and exploring some things is I think it's lost on some people how connected everybody really is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, We're all made out of energy. You know, we're all like, you know, we're vibrating on different, you know, some we're on different planes as far as like in our own existence here, you know, we're vibrating at different levels. But when you start getting a bunch of people on the same wavelength, you know, just like you said, Halloween is what happens at Halloween. Everybody's, amped up you're you're you know some people are wanting to get scared some people love to get scared some people just get spooky mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and, there, and there's a lot too like um 
Like, I think that there's a lot to that. Like, the, the, as a collective, you know, you can kind of feed off of stuff. Now, that's totally different than I just I just had a documentary uh, filmmaker last week. He wants to wants to come on the show because he's a he claims he's a skeptic. Okay, and he makes he makes documentaries about Bigfoot and UFOs and stuff, and and you know he's telling me how that he just can't buy Bigfoot, can't buy it. That everything like Bigfoot, Dogman. It's all like, uh, you know, a group hallucination. It's a psychedelic thing. You know, it's like you, there's no evidence. People just don't know what they're seeing. And I'm thinking, I, I'm not buying that at all. Yeah. You know, I don't believe in like, I, I believe that you and I can be in the same place and experience something together. And it's, it's not going to be, you're not reading my thoughts. I'm not reading your thoughts. We're going to have that experience together, but we're still going to see it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that we're, that you and I are going to be at the same place and, and we're going to see the same thing. Sure. Yeah. Because even if, even if, I mean, I told the guy, I said, I'm as sober as a person you're ever going to meet. <laughs> I go, there's no psychedelic anything coming from me. Okay. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, well, then what are you saying? And he couldn't really answer. So it's, he's one of those, but he's one of those people that refuses, unless you bring hardcore photographic or video evidence that he's not going to believe it. And I, and the problem is, is that it does not matter what, people present as evidence when it comes to that sort of thing is there's always going to be people that are going to pick it apart. They're going to say it's not true. It's fabricated. Um, I mean, even if you, even if you brought a body of a Bigfoot, okay, people, and, and you watch them open the thing up on the autopsy table, there's still going to be say people that it's, people are going to say it's fake. It's this, it's that. And, it's so, and that's what scares people from coming forward. Is is all I got's a story. I mean, uh, who's going to believe me? Well, I, I, I'd like to tell tell them it doesn't matter. People are people that don't believe are not going to believe any, no matter what. Yeah. Okay. And those are usually the people that get a smack in the face one way that changes their, you know, that somehow changes their belief system. And, uh, you know, and it'd be nice if everybody could have that happen, but I don't think it's going to, but, you know, but I think, I think important, the most important thing is, is listening to people because they have experienced something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, do I, do I know that everything everybody's experienced is a Bigfoot or a ghost or, uh, a UFO or whatever. I don't know that. Yeah. You know, all I can do is listen to people, um, encourage them to, to tell their story and, and, and try to help them through whatever questions they have. I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert on anything, you know, but, um, um, you know, I can talk through some stuff with them and help them answer, you know, try to answer some questions that they might have. And, and at the end of the day, as long as they feel better, um, they're still not maybe any closer to knowing what they saw, but there's, but there's some people that are pretty, you know, 
you know, these type of people, people are seeing things, you know, yeah. they're, they're genuine people. Yeah. It's not like you're interviewing black yep. jobs. It's not like you're going to the corner and some dude's, you know, pushing a cart, talking to himself <laughs> and you're going up and being like, Hey, tell me about Bigfoot. You know, that's not what's happening. These are like upstanding citizens. They're going to work every day. They're raising children. They're paying their bills. These are good, solid mm-hmm. people. And that's what they need somebody to listen to them and that's really what we all need you know we we all need to just be heard mm-hmm. and and have somebody feel like mm-hmm. they're listening to you and you're actually being you know i was telling my kids this i get so tired of listening to um how kids talk to each other these days and how everybody is just like tearing each other down you know like everything mm-hmm. is like everybody's talking shit everybody all the time it's constant and you're just like dude how are you, you guys are friends right and they're like yeah we're friends and i'm just like oh you guys are talking to each other right now a while ago you know but that's the thing is we kind of have a culture where it's 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 actually more acceptable to just make fun of you than it is to to just listen to you and say, you know what, I'm just going to see what this guy has to say. And with Kristen and I, kind of the way that we see the world is I'm going to listen to and and give people the benefit of the doubt as much as I can. And that is how I'm going to gather enough evidence so that I can then make a decision for myself. But the minute that you just shut somebody down, you've you've lost the opportunity to collect evidence and that's terrible. Absolutely. And, and you made, you made a great point. And we talk because another part of our show is in the middle of the week, we do, we do a humorous type show. Okay. And we call it the midweek how, because the guy that is in there with, we, we can't use his real name. He's a, he's a former, uh, highway patrolman, sheriff's deputy, air marshal, uh, and Homeland Security guy. And it started out, and he's one, like, one of the funniest storytellers. Dude, I don't mean to cut around. you off, but I'm, I need to up my game with friend, with my friends. You're telling me you've got several judges <laughs> as your friend, and this is like an air marshal. I'm like, I'm thinking about my friends. Like, hold on a second. <laughs> Listen, it took, it, look, I told you I'm way older yeah. than you. It takes yeah. a while to cycle to get to yeah, that point. Just, so, <laughs> to get to that school. point. All right. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. And so, so we don't, so we don't use his, we call him the Ozark Howler. So it's like kind of a little, cause he's from, he's living in the Ozarks and you know, that's a cryptid. And so that's kind of, but, um, we have talked many times on the show because we have, there's people that just, uh, once, and I don't know how many, fans you guys have but once you reach a certain level there's going to be people that are fans just so they can rip on you okay and say really terrible things and and so we have some people like that and um and so we just address it head on and because the point is is you wouldn't say that to us if you were standing in front of us Okay. You just, you just wouldn't. Okay. I mean, you look like a pretty big dude. Okay. I don't, I don't think somebody's going to come up to you and, you know, run them, you know, run down your podcast or something that you talked about. 
right to your face. But it, it, people become emboldened by sitting at a keyboard mm-hmm. and typing stuff. And that's in, in some people are really fat. We use it as a source of humor and, and a reason to talk. As talk it said. But yeah. And, and, and I think if you are going to take a pot shot at us, because, because we've had people that have taken shots at us, un, you know, unnecessary shots. We've made fun of them. Okay. They get mad then that we're making fun of them. It's like, dude, you put yourself out there. Just Mm -hmm. there's a, you don't talk to me about free freedom of speech. Freedom of speech means that you could say what you feel, but there are consequences to freedom of speech. If you're willing to pay those consequences or, or face up to them. Okay. Then you can say whatever you say, whatever you want, but there's, but there are always repercussions if you step outside the line and mm-hmm. you're. It, and Rick and always you're, goes, well, that guy looks like he hasn't been punched in the mouth enough times. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Otherwise, there you wouldn't go. be saying yeah. that. Chris Rock learned that one not that long true. ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he, you know, but it, it, he, he really talks about like he look. It's the he's not the first comedian who rubbed somebody the wrong way and they got punched in the mouth. But they, you know, as a comedian or as a public person, you know that something you say, you know, could rub somebody the wrong way. Now, if Chris Rock was six foot five and 275 pounds, you think Will Smith would have walked up and smacked him in the face? No. He'd been like, come on, man, quit making fun of me and my wife. Yeah, please. <laughs> but, but, but it, but it, but it got like my fate, one of my favorite episodes that we did was a, was a guy from the military and he was a tier one specialist in the military and he had been out for 12 years and his, and he like on the air and like here, I can't go into a lot of detail about what he did in the military, but what he told me was he was in a group of three guys and their job was to go extract people who didn't want to be extracted. Okay. And they were the best group in the world as they were in the, of doing that. So they were the most highly trained. They were the most respected. They were the most, you know, trusted people to do this job. And he called Got a hold, you know, got a hold of me, and we had a conversation. And he's telling me about it. Something that happened in the Southwest. I can't remember. It was New Mexico, Arizona, on government land where they were sent out as a group to test some top secret equipment. Now it wasn't weapons or anything, but it was, you know, maybe like, uh, yeah. He didn't even he didn't even tell me what it was they were testing, but I can imagine like some and they had an encounter with what we can only assume was Bigfoot. Okay. And they heard it, saw it, followed it to where it, you know, just it, they thought it disappeared from, they marked it, you know, and everything. And it was like within their camp. Okay. But they just were shook up enough. Okay. Because this thing had snuck up on them the most highly trained people in the world. Like he goes, the unnerving thing was, is this is what we were trained to do. We knew every trick in the book. Yeah. 
this thing snuck up on us, allowed us, he goes, it allowed us to see it because it, it made a noise. It, it mimicked one wow. of them. Okay. Oh, wow. And mimicked one of them, then allowed it to see it. So then they spent the rest of the night, one person watching, you know, which they shouldn't have had to do. They're in government land. You know, they're not in hostile territory. Mm -hmm. And so, so each, they took turns on watch and how they had marked where this, uh, cause they marked how high they saw it and stuff with a, he goes, these big plastic, we use glow, these glow sticks that are, and he goes, so we marked it so we could go back and do some measurements and stuff. And he said, the morning comes and, you know, they all take turns and they go back to the spot, which is, like I said, within their camp, basically. And the glow stick had been taken off the tree and ripped apart. Like he goes, I, he goes, I don't know anybody personally with their bare hands that can rip one of these glow sticks. No, these things are dense. And he dense goes, yeah, and he said, he goes, not only that, but he goes, it snuck back up on us again while we were on high alert, watching for it, knowing that there was a possibility. And it happened, It ha when at the point where he's telling this, it happened 12 years prior. And he, and he wasn't as shook up as the guy who saw the caveman sure. type thing, but he was still questioning like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what it was. He goes, I got to, we all have a good idea of what it was. You know, we, we, but he goes, it's just, it's, it has never left any of us. And he, you know, he's, you could, the, 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 his voice, like I wasn't, I mean, something happened. I don't know what happened. I, that's a highly trained professional who we as citizens of the United States, didn't even know what he was doing to protect our country. Yeah. Okay. So I have to take him at his word. He's way more trained. He's way more trained than the average person out in the woods to do that. Cause I can't imagine the, the stuff that he has had to interact with. Okay. Good or bad on a minute on a second's notice. And to hear that guy tell the story and hear and hear off the air what he did before he came on the air, you know, and to, that that's the stuff that blows yeah, me away. And to, and to validate that almost a little more from a military background myself, you're you know you're trained, and I don't get me wrong, I was never at this dude's level, but at my level, we were trained in observation. You know, because you have to have trigger control. Mm -hmm. You can't just go in gun blazing, killing kids and women and stuff like that. You got to know you have rules of engagement. You got to know all that stuff. And so, for them to be trained observers at that level, their their uh, mission set on the backside is always a debrief, always reports. All you know, all of that stuff has to be documented. These guys are detail oriented. That's why they're at that level. And if you ever listen to any of these guys talk or tell their stories, you know that these guys are some of the most intelligent people in the world. And, uh, I mean, they're warrior poets is, is what they are. And so for this dude to say that, I mean, I would believe him because what, what is he, who's he trying to impress? I mean, 
his resume is impressive enough. Well, there's another aspect, and I don't know if you can, you've heard of this before, but when people do encounter a Bigfoot or some of these creatures, it almost, they have this like aura that they put out where it almost like can put people into a stupor. And I've heard people mm-hmm. like kind of like, I can't explain like it, but I was confused or it has a different, maybe it's a different vibration that it's putting off or yeah, I don't know what it is, but I've heard people say that. So then you're even more like, am I crazy or did I really see something? You know, I imagine that would be, even, even well, weirder. First, first off, when you see something like that, it's not supposed to be there, mm-hmm. okay? Because you've been told by everybody it's not supposed to exist, and uh, so off, so kind of off the air. I kind of because I, I ask him on the air about, well, did you report it? And he goes, oh no 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 no. He goes, he goes. No, all three of us agreed. We can't tell our superiors anything about this because we're supposed to be sane trust you know you're only as good as your teammates and you can't let them think that you're crazy because she he goes we're not we're, we're crazy we all experienced it you know and um and, and it just wasn't something because we couldn't you know and so we got in this discussion off the air and i'm like well what because I've talked to tons of military people who there's bases all over this country that have Bigfoot sightings, like, and they are, and they are well, yeah, they're well known. And the superior officers will tell people, we know they're out there. Just don't talk about, it. you know, kind of, kind of like the FFA, FAA told pilots, okay, we know there's UFOs. Mm-hmm. Don't bother with the paper. Don't bother with the paperwork. Yeah. Okay. It's more work for them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he's, but he, he said, and the Ozark Howler has seconded this because of his involvement in the government. And he doesn't believe in the paranormal. The Howler does not believe, but he, he, he doesn't really believe in the government either. But, uh, <laughs> he, but their, their, their point is, is that, especially for something like Bigfoot, like, like they said, one person probably knows everything there is to know. And then there's probably 15 people that each know a portion of it. Then if you got all 15 of those get people together, they could piece together what the one person knows. But they purposely do not give all the information to, to everybody so that, you know, because he, he, he even in the military, he said the one thing, and and I always I didn't know what you could ever make of the story, but of the, and you guys have probably heard it about when Mount St. Helens erupted, and you know, and there was reports that there were National Guardsmen that were with military personnel going and removing Bigfoot from different places that were badly burned and injured, and. This this guy said that is something they heard in the military, like not from their superior, but it was something they. Heard. So I'm like, gosh, is that is that something that really really happened? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we're in I, the I Pacific Northwest. I, I, I grew up in in Oregon. We're we're right in the middle of it, so it's like, but you hear that from farmers and ranchers, and if you find anything weird on your property, it's not going to be there for very long. They're going to come grab it. There's actually a a law that you can't, if there's anything dead on the side of the road, you can't 
like take it or move it or nothing. Like you got to leave it there and call fish and wildlife and they come and deal with it. Really? Crazy. Yeah. Cause I lived in Texas for a while. And if there was like something that just got run over, they'd be like, Hmm, we could probably yeah. eat that. I mean, they would like take it home and butcher it. You can't do that here. No way. They, they, yeah, they do. They have a list here. The sheriff's department does of guys that'll yeah. go pick up deer. You know, and and get it, and, and if it's good, they'll they'll butcher it, and and he's, but that's great. You know, that's so that just tells you that uh, you know that they know t- to go to that extent, and and I don't I don't understand if they know why nobody tell like nobody cared when they came out with and and said, hey, we've got off world vehicles right. in our possession. Like nobody, no, nobody cared. Okay, I think everybody, I think everybody just assumed we have UFOs. Yeah. Okay. Right. We have aliens. We got UFOs. I think everybody kind of assumes that um, the government knows about Bigfoot. Okay. Who was it that was telling us that the government will never admit to anything or or acknowledge anything that they can't control. So they they can't control these UFOs. Yeah. So even if they know they're real, they're not going to acknowledge them and say, yeah, they're real. So it's probably the same thing with all of these creatures. Like, they can't control it, so they can't come out and say what it is for sure anyway. Yeah, that's, that's a very, very valid point, you know. And, and I do know from talking to people in the, do- see, in the dog man world, which is kind of, it's weird that I, you can even say that, that there's a dog man world, but that, but that the, the government, because there's some very famous cases, you know, that are kind of documented, like the land between the lakes case is, is kind of documented. And, um, um, but it's kind of weird, like that the government is, keeping an eye on some of these guys that do research and they know it because the government, now this is what these, some of these guys are telling us. Okay. And there's no re I mean, I don't know what, why they would lie. There's uh, contrary to what everybody listening thinks. There's not a lot of money in Bigfoot. There really is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so, and and really, all there is is to be to get face ridicule. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but these guys have, you know, there was a guy who is big in the dog man world, whose web guy, the guy who runs his website and his internet provider, told him said, look, do you know who's getting on your Dogman website and and looking at stuff? And he's like, well, no, how would I know that? And he goes, every, and they call them the ABC agencies, every ABC agency you can think of is on, on here reading these stories. And he said, he thought that, he was like, what, whatever. You know, is it maybe it's somebody at a desk, you know, like listen, you know, doing, doing paperwork or something, listen, you know, to check it out. <laughs> and he said, he, uh, he said he went to do a, do a, give a talk at a, like a conference. And one of the guy, one of the people from one of those agencies came up and just introduced himself and said, look, I'm just going to be out in the open. We 
are monitoring what you're doing because we don't know what it is these people are seeing. We don't, he goes, so don't think that we are monitoring this because we know and we're trying to keep people, we don't know any more than what you know. You know, we're trying to find stuff out and just know that if, uh, you know, you're somewhere, we're, we're not far behind because they're like, <laughs> oh gosh, that's kind of, well, they're kinda probably not going to go to their superior and ask for a budget line. You know, can we have X amount of dollars to research Sasquatch <laughs> or Dogman? They'd be like, yeah, no. So they're banking on that- all of, all of you guys doing all this research. Well, I think the money, I think the money's oh, yeah. already there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just think that they, I just think they don't, I just don't think they know, they know any more than what, because I'm not sure, like the dog, like the dog man that the judge experienced. Okay. I think it, like our conclusion is, is that it was, had, was tied to the, to the Native American burial mounds, that it's a spiritual thing that you can experience in a physical form, if that makes yeah. sense. Like I was just going to ask, what do you think? What do you think it, these things are? Do you think they're purely terrestrial, or do you think that there is some extra stuff in there? I, look, when it comes to Dogman, I do not want to think. I, I have a hard time believing that there's people that m- metamorphosize into a dog or a wolf or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. I also have a, I also have a, I, I don't want to believe that there's those creatures are out there all the time. I want to think that they're a spiritual thing that maybe the native Americans, because when you, because when you do the history of Anubis, okay. So Anubis was the God of the dead or, yeah. or the underworld or whatever. He was the guy that kind of, helped and and so you got to think that that somehow that belief system migrated over here to the native americans or maybe the native americans had it first and the egyptians got it from who knows you know that's way before way before any of us really realized what was going on and um that maybe it just it appears in a physical form when it feels like it needs to mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, back off," or "You need to see me," or something. Because because like the whole goat for spirits and stuff. Like sometimes, like you'll experience a physical thing when it comes to a spirit. Whether it's they move, whether they move something, they knock on something, or I mean, I I've seen a ghost that. If I hadn't asked the person in the room with me, I thought it was another. I thought it was a person standing there. Okay, wow. That's how I experienced. I didn't experience it as a mist or mm-hmm. something, or mm-hmm. or or right. Casper the friendly ghost. Yeah, I thought it was a person. I thought it was a person, and and so how did I experience it that way? When I know other people have experienced mm-hmm. them other ways, you know, where they were, you could see through them. So. That is the reason I think that that type of creature is is not just flesh and blood, but we can experience it in a flesh and blood. Now, 
what is that? That means nothing. That just, that I said that, that means nothing. But that just means on the people that I've spoken to, my experience, little bit of experience with the paranormal and what the judge experience, you kind of start cobbling together a theory and that's all it is. And there's no way of testing that theory because, I mean, if you're going out looking for dog man, then you got Good luck. Yeah. Tell me how it works. Well, <laughs> well, we had a, we lived in a haunted house years ago when my oldest, who's 19, he was four ish. And we moved into this house. And I'm pretty sure that there was an incubus or something like that in the house. The more research I've done on it now, but at the time it was kind of the same thing where I saw something, my ex husband saw something, my mom saw something. And it was like, then we all, talk to each other and we were like oh i mean we all experienced the same stuff just a little bit differently but it was really my my kid that it was after like he was he was full-on seeing this thing and explaining it and he's not like a creative type kid he's not he's not like a a imagination type kid and he's like explaining this thing and i'm like this is terrifying like are you seriously seeing this he's like the kind of kid that he barely even talked like he was just he still doesn't talk very much, but he was he's got ghosts. In therapy they'll reveal that experience when he was four really messed him up. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but that but that's that's it. It's people experience it in different is especially yeah. that in different ways. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. let's I, I, for sake of time and I don't know how much more time you have, but I'm gonna be gentle with it. Um, I, I just am curious, what have you heard about Bigfoot and, and what is your kind of theory or you guys have come to when it comes to Bigfoot? Let's nail this down. Okay, Del, now I'm coming to you and I'm assuming this is the trust tree and you're not going to make fun of me for my theory. Let's, let's, let's hear it. First. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that depends. Well, Lots of vertical. Well, well, I so I, I there was there's just something from the research, from the reading and and talking to people, and when you get into the historical aspect of this, that there's something that just tells me that. Whatever Bigfoot comes from, like whatever that creature that we call Bigfoot or that um, species is, I just have a feeling they're connected to what we would consider the ancient, you know, the the first people of North, especially in North America. Okay, like the Native Native Americans, because the Native Americans, I mean, why would they make? They made. Uh, pictographs or whatever you want to call of everything they saw, which yeah. included buffalo, wolves, right. and then you got a Bigfoot type creature. Like, do you think they were just making a, you know, that's what they saw. And there's stories about them, you know, uh, interacting with these people and even trading with these. They called them the, the, the people of the woods or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so what I, if you go back and you kind of study history and um, when America's getting founded, what, what did we do? We drove the Native Americans from their land 
massacred them, just destroyed, tried to destroy their culture. And what I think happened is, is I think that initially these were a native people, okay, a native civilization that the average, the average guy on a horseback with a musket, they were defenseless against, you know, what were you going to do? You can't, you know, you couldn't defeat these people. Okay. This nation of, of whatever. And I don't, and I think there, cause there's this also, I think a very spiritual side yeah. to them. It seems to be. And I think that's the native American, you know, that's the native part to them. So I think, I think when we established the national parks, I think that was us saying, okay, here's our white flag. Here's where we're going to set aside for you guys. We're not going to mess with you guys. Okay. Don't mess with us. That's, this is our, and so of course that might've worked for a little while. And then what did we all, what did we discover on almost all these parklands, natural resources and a way to make money, whether it's through tourism or through, or through. Resources, and so I yeah. think what, yeah. And I think what has happened is, is it got to the point where they might've stayed in those places for a while. And then they just finally said, you know, look, we're going to go to Eastern Ohio and we're going to go to, you know, wherever and kind of just spread out. And I think that, for some reason, that's what I think happened in the, you know, at the, mm-hmm. at the early turn of the century, and because it's just such a, it's such an odd coincidence that Teddy Roosevelt was a part of a hunting party that supposedly came across one of these. And then Teddy Roosevelt is kind of the guy who said, Hey, let's have a national park system. Right. <laughs> system. right. Now, now that I I don't know I mean but that to me is you know is seems like it could be a reasonable but you got to remember these sure. things are yeah. all over the world right. I mean they're I mean yeah they're all over the world there's there's different things all over the world that people see that you could call Bigfoot or you know right. whatever they whatever they may be. So, well, and there's so, I mean, I, I assume you've watched like the videos of like Patty and all those videos where they've tried mm-hmm. to debunk it for years and years and years. And they can't like the way that the muscles are moving under the fur and all of that stuff. They're like, there's no way back in the sixties or whatever that they could have done that. I mean, they can't, couldn't even really do it now without them being able to debunk it. So does that, in your opinion, does that lend any credence to, to any of this? Well, to me, that is, to me, it looks like great evidence. Okay. But I have really, I, uh, and uh, I'm good friends with Stacy Brown, Stacy Brown, the skunk, you know, I don't know if you guys know Stacy. He's, he's, he's crazy. He's great. But they, they just, uh, um, they, they've got a podcast and they just did an episode on the Patterson Gimlin film and why they think it's fake. And, yeah, yeah, why they think it's fake. And this is, and Stacy is somebody who has, you know, he has some of the best thermal images of a skunk ape or Bigfoot in Florida. I mean, it's, there's no questioning what, oh yeah, it's amazing. And, but, you know, he, he is of the, of the mindset. Now he also thinks the moon landing was fake. 
too. Um, <laughs> you know, so and we've and we've had we've had him on we've had him on and talked about that. But it's not <laughs> Oh gosh, you, you windy. Hey, you wind we get real cringy over here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I listen. I've listened to some episodes. <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, I mean, I almost I listened to one about the uh, the banking system. I almost went and took all twelve dollars I have out of the bank. I, I didn't know. want it to collapse. <laughs> uh, um, but I'm I'm right there with you, and I know. I know that uh, because I do do stuff in the movie business and one of the best special effects guys lives not too far from us. And I'm going to put him on the spot and ask him if he has seen, cause he's done werewolf costumes for some really big, you know, and they're not cheap. Okay. Even now a top notch werewolf creature costume that's like fifty thousand dollars i mean it's a lot of money if you want to do yeah if you want to do a horror movie yeah and i'm gonna ask him and and i'm i'm gonna see what he thinks because i've never i've never asked him about this and and see what he thinks and i'll i will let you know what he thinks because he to me would be an expert on you know, these creature suits and what, you know, I mean, all you do is go look at Planet of the Apes. How great was that? How great was that? So, and, and the, uh, and the, and the underlying thing is, is Roger Patterson was a known (sighs) shyster for lack of a, you know, he he was, he was not a nice way to, you know, he's kind of a con man. Bob Gimlin though is not. Right. Anybody that has met Bob Gimlin would be hard pressed to say he was in on faking something. And, you know, so there you go. I mean, right. And same thing with the Sierra sounds. I've heard some people say, nope, it's other types of animals and they sound like this. And then other people that have said, there's nothing that sounds like that, that that we know of. So who knows? Have you ever heard Ron Moorhead talk? I yes. Mean, he's one of the most intelligent. I mean, anybody that writes a book about physics and Bigfoot, like, right. I, I can't even spell physics. Is it a P? Okay? Like, but. <laughs> Where's the Y? Start with an F. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I hear those and I hear, and what's funny is, is you hear people, tell stories and describe what they've heard and they've never heard the Sierra sounds. And then you play the Sierra sounds for, I, I, there was a guy from Australia that I had on here recently and he played me this howl that he recorded and I played for him the infamous Ohio howl that Matt Moneymaker, he had never heard it. And he goes, Oh my God, that sounds the same thing. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. How, how does that happen? Because because one of them has dogs bark, and it's not like he took took it and because re- one of them has dogs barking. Them. I think mm-hmm. it's the Ohio how has mm-hmm. dogs barking. His does not. So it's not like he has the same one and just gave it to me and said, "Right, right." You know. So well, and that's what we have to remember. This good. stuff is globally. This isn't just like a certain, You know, mm-hmm. now that people are connecting through podcasts and through other stuff, it's like mm-hmm. this stuff is happening everywhere. So, you know, unless everybody had a big meeting and they were like, hey, this is what Sasquatch sounds like, 
Yeah. I tend to believe them. Yeah. <laughs> and believe me, there's no, these, the, the people, the Bigfoot world, yeah. they ain't getting <laughs> together ain't on happening. anything. <laughs> They're not getting together on anything. They're not having it. It's, it's, that's, that's an also a thing is nobody wants to agree yeah. because they all want to be right. Right, and, right, right. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest mistake is, is everybody wanting to be right rather than yeah. just to be, you know, genuine and, and come at it with, we want to discover, you know, and, and make this, make this stuff. I mean, it's not going to be mainstream, but make it so that the people that do are experiencing it feel like they're, mm-hmm. they're not an oddity or they're right. not, uh, yeah. you know, I think crazy. that's important. I'm so glad yeah. that you guys are doing it that way because they're just, you know, people just need to be heard as we said before. And, you know, don't discount somebody's, um, personal life experiences. I mean, you guys can have a debate about a belief system, uh, you know, hopefully in a controlled and nice way. But when it comes to a person's personal belief system, you know, that's like me coming to you and being like, Oh, the other day I got a sandwich and you're all, Nope, never happened. And I'm just like, what? No, dude, I, I did. I got the sandwich. You know what I mean? It's like, no, this is a person. Well, it wasn't any good. It wasn't any good because you didn't get it yeah, from my exactly. plate, right? You know what I'm saying? That's what, I can verify. Uh, they talk about not a sandwich. Dang, <laughs> busted. All right, dude. Well, hey, man, we had a blast, and we're so uh, thankful that you were able to take the time. We are digging your podcast, and we're so thankful you guys are doing it. And we just wanted to put you guys out there, talk to you guys a little bit about your experiences and what you guys have been doing. And uh, we just hope that you continue to do it and uh, continue to get that word out. Mm. And we're going to continue to do what we're doing. And hopefully we'll get back together and talk about this stuff again another time. Oh, de- definitely. I appreciate you guys having me on. I, and I definitely, I definitely think we got to have you guys on. I need to hear yes. more about this haunted house that <laughs> yeah. you guys are lived in. And I'm super curious. You mentioned, uh, I think somebody sent in a question and they wanted you guys to do kind of a dive into the books that yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. make it into the Bible. Yeah. Okay. And I think that would be an interesting yeah. just topic for discussion. Yep. Yep. So, and they're very yeah, controversial. Some people get real upset when you mention them, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. It'd be I would, worth talking I, about. You know, and you know what? I would love to. I would love to be educated on what the you know what that what those are and what those are all about and what they. I mean, I know I know yeah. what I know, but I would like to you know I'd like to be taught something and learn something. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to extend the invitation. But when you guys are ready to come on and talk about that i want to i want to have you guys on and i want to hear about your ghost stories <laughs> and, and hear about fun, that man. we for look sure. forward to yeah, it definitely for sure. all right shane it's been a blast man and uh we'll let you get going so thanks for being on and uh we love you out there to the fringy family and we will see you guys on the next one bye shane we'll see you thank see you ya. thank you <laughs>